0: Are you tired of the energy highs and lows? Do you have uncontrollable cravings for sweets? Well, let's not forget about the dreaded hangry feeling. Listen up, it's time to dive into the art of balancing your blood sugar. Does your metabolism suck? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you want off the diet roller coaster? Do you wish there was a simple solution to get you healthier, smaller, and have more energy? Hey, friends, I'm Jolene, a nutritional therapy practitioner, wife, furry guardian, and non-bendy yogi. Like you, I spent years chasing skinny instead of healthy, until I finally learned there's more to getting healthy than eat less and move more. Welcome to Holistic Health Made Simple, where I share all the tips, tricks, and science to set you free from the diet overwhelm and frustration with the ever-changing health rules. We go beyond the calorie and diet dogma to equip you with simple changes to real food, mindset, and lifestyle. If you are ready to learn to tailor your journey to your current health, implement simple solutions, and achieve undeniable results, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in those headphones, take a deep breath, and let's get healthy. Hey, hey there. One of the most important things you can do for yourself, and your health, and your weight loss journey, is to learn how to balance your blood sugar. You might be thinking, well, I'm not a diabetic, so I don't need to worry about it. But I see you, you're googling how to lose weight, have more energy, and how to feel better. You see, for some reason, there is a huge disconnect between the foods we eat, and how we feel, and how we look. Before I dive in, let me say the obligatory, yes, there is an energy balance component to weight loss. You know, that whole, we got to burn more than we take in. Got it. However, lasting weight loss is more often an amazing side effect of getting healthy. You see, when we work on the aspects of health, we get better at utilizing the calories and more efficient at burning them. So, One component that we are going to talk about today is balancing our blood sugar. Let's first clarify that blood sugar, also called blood glucose, is different than insulin. They work hand in hand, but are two totally different things, and oftentimes I hear them used interchangeably, and and that's a problem. Blood sugar or glucose in the body came to be in the body in two different ways, either by eating carbohydrates, So it's circulating or stored in muscles, livers, and fat cells. Or your body was so depleted by not eating carbohydrates, it made the glucose from amino acids, also known as protein. While insulin is an actual hormone and it's produced by your body. It's considered the master hormone as it has an effect on all hormones and the balance between them throughout the body. So its main purpose is to break down foods and then shuttle the glucose from the foods into cells for storage to be used as energy later. In a healthy person, a normal amount of insulin is released and then the carbohydrates are processed and taken up into the cells and the blood glucose number is back down to normal within two hours. That's the purpose of insulin is to help Get the glucose into the cells and out of the bloodstream so that you have only the amount of glucose you need in the bloodstream after two hours or two hours after you ate. So the problem arises when we're not able to get our glucose back down to that base level at the two-hour mark. Now, this can happen by having a large amount of carbohydrates in a single meal, and the body can't absorb or process it as fast as in the two-hour mark. So it's estimated that only 20 grams of carbohydrates can be processed by the average person in an hour. So that's also with a normal amount of insulin. If we are constantly eating large carbohydrate meals, our body needs to adjust and release even more insulin to process that meal. As insulin stuffs the glucose into the cells, think of it like just jamming it in there, those cells eventually get full. And then more insulin is needed to try to push even more in there. And eventually the the cells say, no more, I I don't want any more, I can't handle any more. And now we're at the beginning stages of becoming insulin resistant because the cells are now resistant to the insulin forcing the glucose in there. And even more insulin is released to try and stuff the excess glucose into the cells. So the beginnings of insulin resistance is actually a problem of excess insulin needed to push stuff in the one thing to remember at this point which is very important if there are large amounts of glucose to be processed in a meal or to be stored which it's kind of the same thing the body is not going to immobilize fat at all it's going to take any fat that you ate with that meal and put it directly into those fat cells because it's a simple process. It doesn't need to be converted over. It can just be taken and stuck right back into those cells to be stored for later. While the glucose keeps getting shoved into the cells in two different forms, glycogen or triglycerides. Triglycerides, let's just define it for a moment, are a type of fat that's found in your blood. Even though triglycerides consist of fat, most triglycerides are made by your body from extra carbohydrates. You have high triglycerides, you might have a carbohydrate problem, not a triglyceride problem. The longer we're on this cycle of needing extra insulin and the cells becoming less and less open to more glucose is how we become insulin resistant, which is the precursor to pre-diabetes. Interestingly, there are people that are insulin resistant that may never turn into diabetes but can cause other metabolic issues in them. So we really need to focus on regulating our glucose so our body processes it and uses it and we stay or become more insulin sensitive. According to the RDA, the original recommended carbohydrate intake was a mere 130 grams per day. That's for any adult, a total of 130 grams per day. Nobody knows this. Nobody talks about it. Now, I saw some other studies that say it might be up to 275 now, but the original recommendation was for 130 grams total per day. Now, this number makes perfect sense since we can efficiently process 20 grams per hour after a meal. So utilizing this math, we're looking at 40 grams, give or take, per meal so that our Glucose goes back down to the baseline two hours after that meal. The problem is that most eating the standard American diet eats 300 grams or more of carbohydrates per day. 300. That's a lot. The push for less meat results in a diet that is even heavier on carbohydrates. Now, If you listen to my protein and my muscle sparing and all of those episodes, which I will link, you will understand that we do need protein. And when we get to the bottom of this, you'll understand a little bit more as to why. So as we get pushed to eat less animal protein, now we need to get our protein from plant matter. However, to get one gram of absorbable protein from plant matter versus an animal protein, you need to eat significantly more plants. Well, the protein doesn't translate equally. One gram of plant protein to one gram of animal protein is not the same because we don't absorb it. So all plant proteins also come with additional carbohydrates, where animal protein comes with a few maybe here or there, but not not nearly as much as a plant protein. But today's topic is really blood sugar control and not protein. So I'll leave the The whole protein issue and the absorbability for another day. But just note, if you're getting your protein from plant sources, that one gram does not equal one gram from an animal source. And you're also getting a bunch of carbohydrates with it. So it's hard to do what I'm going to tell you down the road that I want you to do in your meals to get this blood sugar balanced. So just to reiterate, our carbohydrate intake turns into glucose, which puts a demand for insulin. Yes, protein also requires some insulin to break it down during digestion, but almost all protein consumed gets turned into amino acids and it's either used for building blocks or excreted. Very rarely is it stored as fat when you eat a diet of combined macronutrients because your body will store the fat you eat and the carbohydrates you eat first long before it will ever convert down the protein which is your amino acids, into glucose and then converts the glucose into fat to store You see, protein cannot be just straight turned into fat. It has to be turned into glucose and then converted the glucose over to fat and then being stored. So it's a really hard process, so it generally gets excreted way before that ever happens. Back to insulin and blood sugar dysregulation. So we know that when our blood sugar is not in balance and our it makes our insulin not in balance, but did you know that the dysregulation of both insulin and blood sugar can lead to all metabolic diseases, things like diabetes, blood pressure, or high blood pressure, should I say, cardiovascular disease, and and many more. So we want to make sure that we get a nice balance of blood sugar and our insulin gets back into balance and we become insulin sensitive again. Also, as us women, we, we transition into perimenopause and menopause our insulin sensitivity drops. So learning the best way to prevent metabolic problems and manage our insulin sensitivity is very important. I hope you're seeing how all of this ties back together to your desires of wanting to be healthy, your desire to lose weight, your desire to prevent disease, and the combination of all of these. I see that you've been Googling, how do I lose weight? How do I get healthy? How do I prevent disease? You've been Googling it, but you see how focusing on health and blood sugar balance is the first step of getting there. It's pretty important to note that just because you might not have excess weight does not mean that you don't have a blood sugar problem, especially if you're eating primarily carbohydrates. Things like energy swings, sudden low blood sugar, and getting hangry are all signs of insulin issues most likely caused by not balancing out your blood sugar. I'm hoping I'm stressing the importance of balancing out your blood sugar so that your insulin gets balanced out. It's important that we understand the first steps in getting healthy and blood sugar, I would say is probably one of the most important ones. By the way, are you on my newsletter list? If not, you're going to want to head over to HolisticHealthMadeSimple.com because I am cooking up something special you're not going to want to miss for Black Friday and Cyber Week. It's going to help you get going on the right foot in the new year. Now let's get back to the issue at hand, balancing our blood glucose, which will help us get our insulin under control. There are different approaches to take depending on your current health and any diagnosis you might have One thing I want to clarify, diabetes is often said to be a progressive disease that you will never recover from. Yes, it is a progressive disease if you change absolutely nothing. So many, through dietary changes alone, have managed to reverse the progression and got off all meds. Depending on the severity, the timeline will vary, and what you need to do will vary, but today... I will be educating on where to start. If you're under a doctor's care, make sure you're in touch with the doctor about any changes in your glucose numbers because as you improve your diet, your glucose numbers will change and your medicine might need to be adjusted. You just need to be able to talk to the doctor or the nurse so that they can help you through any um, changes to your medication. And one, I am no way giving medical advice. This information is for educational purposes to help you be your best advocate for you. You take control of your health. You do what you know is best for you. So with that out of the way, how should you start controlling your blood sugars? One, balance out your meals better. Get a one-to-one ratio of protein to carbohydrates and then make sure the majority of your carbs are coming from complex carbohydrates, meaning they have fiber. Add in some healthy fats and that combo of a one-to-one protein to carbohydrate ratio, especially complex with the fiber and the fats added in slows down your digestion and prevents the big glucose spike. We also wanna be shooting for that 40 grams of protein and 40 grams of carbs so that you can get that glucose down within those two hours. Number two is a biggie. Never eat naked carbs. Never. I don't care if they're full of fiber. Never eat them naked. If you happen to have a snack or a meal, make sure it's a complex carbohydrate with a protein and a fat. Anything you eat, whether it's a full meal or a snack, should have complex carbohydrates with fiber, protein, and fat. One of the great examples is Apple slices and some nut butter or apple slices and a piece of cheese. Pair some raw veggies with some kind of dip. Make sure that you're getting in the three components. Never eat the carbohydrates on their own. Number three, do not drink sugar. Now you might be saying, that's common sense. But how often are you reaching for a drink that's considered healthy, but it's primarily sugar? Besides the obvious things like soda and your frappuccinos, things like 100% juice are just as much of a problem as soda when it comes to regulating your blood sugar. Now, if you enjoy a small glass of juice, like 2 to 4 ounces, I'm not going to tell you it's bad, but I want you to make sure you're having that with your meal and you're counting those carbohydrates as part of your meal. Having it all by itself is a sugar load that your body just can't handle. Juice... One is way more fruit than you would actually sit down to eat. And it's minus all of the fiber, which slows down the processing of the sugar. You're better off eating a piece of fruit. Next time at the store, grab one of those green juices or regular juices that all say 100% juice. Flip it over. Read just the nutritional label. Forget the ingredients this time. I know I'm big on ingredients, but this time. And look for sugar. It's not going to say added sugar, but it will say sugar. And I can guarantee you, you will be surprised at how much sugar is in that healthy juice. Four, if you are already diagnosed as a pre-diabetic or a type 2 diabetic, think about only eating complex carbohydrates, at least until you get your blood sugar and your numbers all under control. And if you're already diagnosed, you know what you're looking for, so work on that and Getting on, eating only complex carbohydrates will help you get there a lot faster so that maybe you can stop pricking your finger every day and maybe get off some of those meds that have some pretty nasty side effects. Five, even if you're not diagnosed as a pre or type 2 diabetic, you should be sticking primarily to complex carbohydrates. These are the vegetables and fruits in their whole form that have plenty of fiber in them. What is not a complex carbohydrate is a starchy vegetable like potatoes, grains that have been processed to remove the hull, leaving little to no natural fiber, and pretty much all ultra-processed foods and all added sugars. And finally, six. This one comes up often, so you're going to recognize it. Build and maintain muscle. Healthy muscle will help uptake glucose without the need for insulin, making you overall more insulin sensitive. And just remember, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to make progress. Take little steps to getting your blood sugar under control. You're going to be amazed at how much better you feel once your blood sugar is in balance. Getting healthy isn't easy, but every step of feeling better helps you stay motivated for the next step So remember to constantly assess how you are feeling and don't dwell on any negativity from changing up what you have to eat. Healthy feels so much better than you can imagine. And getting your blood sugars balanced is a giant step in getting healthy. On that note, friends, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you got some nuggets to take on your health journey. Remember, this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. No medical advice is being given. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the full disclaimer, which is linked in the show notes. If you found this podcast helpful, could you take 30 seconds and leave a review? Your feedback means the world to me, and it helps others discover my show. Once again, thank you for being part of my community. Until next time, have a blessed day.